Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Log Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. <laughs> What's wrong with him? My first thought would be a lot. Time for the Henry Show. Whatever he is, he destroys us. Hey everybody, you've tuned into the Ken Reedy Show. That's the Ken Reedy Show, and we are live today on the studio. Uh, glad to hear you all out there. Hope you all are listening. Looking forward to getting some calls from you. 347 Number again, 347 Looking forward to hearing you all calling in, talking about this wonderful, wacky world of professional wrestling. And I hope all of you out there had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Today, the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. And I'm hoping most of you guys decided not to brave the, the crowds, not to go out and get all those wonderful deals that are occurring out there. Sitting home, digesting, uh, enjoying your day after Thanksgiving, just resting up, listening to the Ken Reedy Show. Uh, call in again. That number is 347-838-9815. Number 347-838-9815. Call in. We're going to talk about whatever you'd like to talk about in the wacky world of professional wrestling. Call in TNA, WWE, whatever you want to talk about. And you know what? As you're, you're listening, as you're listening to the intro, um, I'd like for you... As I, I've, gotten, I've gotten some, uh, I don't want to say complaints, but some, uh, you know... Uh, conversations, uh, you know, in the hot, the hot bed, the the lightning rod in professional wrestling, for better or worse, and I'm not going to say which I think, but for better or worse, uh, the man, the myth, I'm not going to say legend, but John Cena, uh, definitely the lightning rod of of uh, controversy in the world of professional wrestling. So here I'm going to put it out there right now that right now I am not going to go off on the Cena turning heel thing. Okay, I'm not going to go off on that because I think that ship has sailed. Um, but what I would like out there, and if you call 347-838-915, if you wish to talk about Cena, here's what I want to put out there today. Okay, now, first off, I don't hate Cena. This is my, my feelings on Cena. I don't hate the guy. I think he, he's got a lot to offer professional wrestling. And the bottom line is he's going nowhere. I mean, he's still going to be around. Um do I think they're using him ineffectively right now? Absolutely. Um, I think that the uh, cheesy promos and the, the silly style um, is, is a bit much. Yes. Uh, 
Um, it's the same as years ago. I hated the whole thing with Shawn Michaels. I lost my smile promo. Hated that. Um, I, I think John Cena right now is definitely uh, in a stale place, uh, creatively speaking, uh, as a character. Um, but what I find interesting in in the world of wrestling that if you know if a guy like CM Punk looks weak on a on a given Raw, uh, WWE creative drop the ball. But if a guy like Cena looks bad, well Cena sucks. So th- there is a you know people with criticism in the world of wrestling. Um, I, I think that sometimes. Not judging everybody uh, on an even keel. You're not judging everybody the same way. So, as far as I'm concerned, yes, I think Cena needs to change in some way. Um, but uh, I, I don't think he needs to just go away. I think the guy does have something to offer professional wrestling. Um, the guy is strong as hell, uh, pound for pound, maybe the strongest guy ever. Uh, to be in a wrestling ring. Uh, and there's always been a place for the strong guys in, in professional wrestling. There's always been a place for those guys. Not everyone has to be, you know, a, a technical sound, Dolph Ziggler type, uh, you know, masterful athlete. You know, there are, there is a place for the strong man. Um, but I do think that they need to tweak John Cena. So here's what I want. If you call in today, 347-838-9815, and you wish to talk about John Cena, I don't want to hear, you know, a turn him heel. They need to turn him heel. Blah, blah, blah. Give me something. Give me a storyline. We got time. We got two hours today uh, for the show. So come on out. Give, get, let's get creative. John Cena is not going anywhere. So we can't say just get rid of him. And to me, WWE creative gotten lazy, and they said the road to WrestleMania started last year. Um, it's Rob Cena, and who cares? We'll just live off those two and their names, and that's all we're going to do. Um, you know, and that, that's just kind of lazy on the part of WWE Creative, uh, and it's kind of boring. So what I'd like to hear from you, what you would do. If you, you got the ball right now, you are have been given the job of being in charge of WWE. Your job is to fix John Cena. We're not getting rid of him. You're just going to fix him. So if your thinking is you need to turn him heel, I don't want to hear just just turn him heel. I want to hear what would be your story arc to turn him heel. Let's hear where you're going to go with, with his heel. If you think he's going to stay face, well, tell me what you think, how you're going to package him as a face and, and keep it going. interesting. Uh, because I think, uh, you know, everything has gotten a bit stale. And even with, you know, the end of Survivor Series, I mean, I like The Rock. I've always liked The Rock. So, to me, like a lot of the stuff Cena said about The Rock is right. And to be honest, when he turned back in wrestling, I was kind of pissed off. You know, now we got to—we're supposed to like, you know, lay the palms at his feet as he graces us with his presence again. And the end of Survivor Series, you know, you almost see the dialogue between Rock and Cena in the middle of the ring. All right, I'm going to turn my back on you now. When I turn my back on you, you give me a rock bottom. And and that's what the the uh, the end of Survivor Series uh, looked like to me. So uh, to me, yeah, it was great to see The Rock back. He looked good in the ring. Um, but all right, so where are you going to get now to stretch this out? And where's The Rock going to be as far as setting up this storyline? You know, and did Survivor Series make you more or less interested in WrestleMania? And, and where are they going as far as you know going into the the Rumble? And and the when they really kick it into gear as far as the road to WrestleMania, so a lot of things on the table there as far as the WWE and where they're going. 
Uh, give us a call, 347-838-9815. Um, also, check us out on um, Facebook. We've got the Ken Reed Show on Facebook, the Ken Reed Show also on Twitter. If you'd like to give me an email, uh, email me at ken at thekenreedyshow.com. And you can check out thekenreedyshow.com so we have uh, shows and stuff archived. Uh, over there, we got a uh, you know the last show up on there. I think is a Macho Man tribute show. So check us out over there on the Kennedy Show dot uh, com. Some other things also in the world of the wrestling. Um, you know, CM Punk right now. Uh, I don't think anyone could be as hot as CM Punk is right now. Uh, he is without a doubt like the most popular thing going. Uh, but couple of things with him. First off, I've always found him kind of uninteresting as a face. Um, better face job that he's got going right now, but um, you know, uh, you know, he can get a little boring as a face. To me, he destroyed Del Rio. Del Rio is, is absolutely done. Um, where do we go with Del Rio? And where does Punk go right now? He's got the title. That's cool. Uh, we like him. Great match on Raw with, with Dolph Ziggler. I mean, great match. Um, but where does Punk go now? Where does he go storyline-wise now? Because um, I've always kind of thought he can get a little uninteresting as a face. Uh, and with those things being said, you know, we actually have our first caller on the line. So I'm going to go to the lines right now, get the phone call, and then see what they want to talk about. Uh, uh, caller, caller, are you there? Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. Um, what would you like to talk about? I'm calling, uh, stepping back a few minutes when you were talking about The Rock and Cena. As a fan, I just can't really get behind The Rock because I feel like I'm being played, you know, for a fool. You know, he he leaves for seven years and comes back and you're just supposed to kiss his ass. And it kind of pissed me off in the last pay-per-view how it all ended. And I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. Um, well, I, I kind of agree with you to a certain extent. I mean, I, I do, you know, I agree. I mean, they're marketing the hell out of The Rock. Um, I mean, did, were you impressed with what The Rock looked like in the ring? Oh, yeah, I was, but he was in the ring for like two minutes, and it was like very contrived and planned that, you know, John Cena was going to take the brunt of the match, still get crucified for any mistake he may or may not make, and then The Rock comes out smelling like a rose and then gets the better of Cena at the end. And then, you know, the whole, all the talk, a lot of the guys out there, you know, Cena's not turning heel, he's not turning heel, but he kind of is a heel by default, and they won't fully embrace that. And, you know, like I said, The Rock just reaps the rewards for putting in, like, you know, one one-hundredth of the time that The, the Rock is putting in and, you know, investing in, in the, the business and the fans. Well, let me ask you something. If you're going forward, like going towards WrestleMania, um, what would what would you I, – I agree with you. They haven't fully embraced, and Cena kind of is a heel, and he will be, for lack of a better term, the heel in Miami. Uh, what would you have him do? I, I would have rather the other night him actually turn on the rock and and that's it you know like he he gives him the the F, the, F, the AA sorry um, instead of getting you know the rock bottom it just seems so contrived and you know you could almost have seen Cena saying I'm going to turn my back on you now you know go get me but I wish they would have actually made Cena you know I know they're not going to they're going to pretend like he's a face because they need to sell T-shirts and stuff but. Really, he's just by default the heel. I mean, I don't know what else they could do, but fully turn him. But they're, do you think they're going to? I don't think they are. I don't think they're going to. I, I, to me, I think the, the writing has gotten lazy, and they're just going to ride out um, what they, you know, what they're already doing. And thank you for the call. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Nicole brought up a really good point. Um, you know, she was saying that, I mean, how awesome would that have been if, you know, in New York, um, and the crowd was definitely very, very anti-Cena, very pro-rock. Um, it was very, very, very pro-punk. I mean, it's not a place uh, for Cena to get over. Uh, if the writing had a little bit of balls, uh, a little bit of guts, and rather than have The Rock get over, because I actually said on, on my Survivor Series uh, pre-show that, you know, I have no doubt that Survivor Series is going to end with The Rock standing on the ropes with his, his arm held up. And that's exactly what happened. And that was a predictable ending. But what if what if the WWE had the balls to when they had their, their confrontation? I think that's what the caller was getting at. And they shook hands and kind of went to go their separate ways. And Cena grabbed Rock, gave him the, and screw this, AA, the FU, gave him the FU and gave the crowd in New York a big FU. Um, could you imagine? I mean, the roof would have come off the garden as far as booze went. And, you know, maybe, you know, you, you, I mean, you don't have to go all heel. I mean, I think you can kind of keep the character kind of the same. I, I think one of the things you could do with, with Cena, um, and it would be easier, is as far as like years back when um, Kurt Angle was first starting off, and he had a program going with uh, The Godfather. And at one point, Kurt Angle just came out and said, you know, I am a Olympic gold medal winner. I have represented this country. This guy over here is a pimp who brings hoes out. You're cheering him and you're booing me. And and I think something like along those lines, you know, for Cena could just be, you know, coming out and saying, I'm here every day. I'm, I'm busting my ass for you. You know, I'm basically fuck you. You know, you 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 cheer this guy who who comes around every every now and again, and you're, you're you know you cheer him and you boo me. I mean, hit me, you know. And and it it might be as simple as that and kind of keep the the character a little campy um, because people are booing that anyway. Uh, but I do think I think the caller had a good point. It, it would have been a good start, at least a start at, at Survivor Series and have him get the better of uh, The Rock, because the booze coming out of that place would have been amazing. But WWE writing, uh, status quo, and you knew The Rock, uh, and especially in his first match back, was uh, going to get to do the people's elbow, was going to get the better of Cena, and Survivor Series is going to end with him with his arm held up at the end in victory. So, um, yeah, thank you again for the call. Again, anyone else wants to call in, chime in about this or anything else? Uh, we got three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five, and we got another caller. Let's put them up. Caller, are you there? Hey, my man Ken. This is your saw brother, Pat from New Jersey. Hey, Pat, how's it going, man? How you doing? Happy Thanksgiving, man. And I'm glad you're on today. You. I'm enjoying the show. Thank you. So what are your thoughts? You know, I gotta tell you something, man. I, I totally fit into the sort of tasty apple you're putting out there to talk about Cena. Because I, I think this. I don't think you can ever truly fix Cena because here's the problem. Fans like myself will never want – I'm not going to be into a heel turn on him, and I'm not into his character, and he's overexposed. But little kids love him. You know what I mean? They love him. So he's not broken to them. 
But I think the only way to make Cena interesting to like like a hardcore fan or smart Mark fan or somebody who's just tired of him like myself because he's in the way, you got to do a thing like in Rocky Three when Mickey's Mickey's dead and Apollo's trying to get Rocky back into the swing of things. You got to do a thing with Cena where he goes on a losing streak and everybody's talking about it. You know, when Zack Ryder's wrestling and they ask Zack Ryder, hey, Cena lost again. You know, everybody's got to talk about it. The announcers and everybody. And it'll keep people saying, well, Cena will turn heel. But he can address that and say, look, I'm, I'm not a bad guy. I don't believe in that way. I'm me. But I got to I gotta get around this. And let him, let him go into, like, identify with him on a losing streak or have some kind of edge to where he's just down in the dumps or something and then you could bring somebody in to kind of get him on the right track type thing. It, it's the only way it would be interesting to me. I don't know. What do you think about that? That, that is an interesting take on it, uh, like, you know, because everyone likes a comeback. So, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, you got you to gotta tear someone down. And that, that's a, like, I, I think the American society is kind of built on that. Um, if you get too big or too overexposed, uh, America will hate you. But if you slip up in any way, they love the comeback. Um, and, and, you know, what what better to model yourself than go on the, the Rocky Three route? Um, but what, how would you, you do that as far as going into WrestleMania? Well, see, I think you can't really do it in going into WrestleMania. I think what you – let's be honest. He's winning there. There's – I don't see – the thing is, they don't have to make sense anymore in the WWE. But in reality – Cena is the guy the torch got to be passed to by The Rock. The Rock's been the antagonizer, so Cena has to win. And it will do nothing for him in terms of people liking him more or any less. He'll just be you're giving him the win of a match that's, you know, a video game match, you know, the old generation versus new. It's after he beats The Rock that you have him next week on Raw lose to somebody that's a mid-carter. And they go, wow, what a you know letdown from a big win. And then you play that up each week. He all of a sudden loses to this guy or can't beat this guy. Maybe gets in a mini feud with somebody else. And you do that for – you got they'll never do it. You got to do it like six, seven, eight months. Cena just doubting himself. Why can't I win anymore? Why did I – I put everything into the rock and I can't seem to win anymore. That's the way I would do it. Yeah, I'd say, you know, it's an interesting take. And I agree with you, though. It would be tough to do that going into WrestleMania. And I got a payoff um, yeah. for you on it. What was that? You, the payoff for it would be if you don't use Undertaker at WrestleMania this year, as much as I hate to admit it, and I hate to admit it, <laughs> Cena, in a way, is the only one that deserves to take that streak because, you know, he, for lack of a better example, he's the Andre the Giant of the generation in terms of the biggest star out there. So you have a losing streak going to next year's WrestleMania, and he beats Undertaker. That's when he wins again, and he gets back on target. I, that, I mean, that would be crazy. I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, and, and I, I, you know, the Cena haters, I think, would shudder at the thought. But yeah, I mean, if there's anyone in the company, and I had heard years ago that that uh, you know Undertaker to to end the streak wanted it to be a torch passing uh, kind of thing. Uh, that's why you know. Being a betting man, I didn't think there was any way that Triple H was winning last year. You know, you're not passing the torch. And you're right. right. I think the guy that you pass the torch to is uh, is John Cena, for better or worse. Well, you have to because, you know, 
uh, guys like us are dying breed who are the anti scene and I'm not anti the guy. I just they just destroyed him booking wise. All, way too much they gave him everything and there's nowhere to go with it anymore. You, you know what? I think they were doing it if Brock Lesnar stayed, he would have had the same problem, I think. You know, they well, were just giving him big back, wins. Yeah, you know, even like way back when when uh, you know Goldberg had his streak. And I feel like he was another guy that got too much too soon. Yeah. And after he lost, it was like, all right, now creatively, where where do you go with him? And that's like, I mean, where do you go with Cena? And you, and you look at Cena, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he's not that old. I mean, you're talking that this guy will probably be around at least another decade. Oh, easily. That's the and, other and problem. I mean, so much and so much go. Go. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that. He's He's going to be. That's the other thing. He he has he could have easily fifteen more years. Can you imagine fifteen more years of the way it is now? Oh my god! With the, with the shorts and the hat and the sweatpants. Jesus! Oh my god! And you know, and, and, that, and I don't want to be risky out what? there. You know what Tina's problem is too? He started off with the whole thug thing, kind of like a wannabe rapper, and yeah. morphed into what he is. And what is he really? He's really just a downplayed version of that. And how many people really relate to that? I don't. He's like he still is kind of like a wannabe in terms of you know wannabe a hip hop guy, and I don't nobody relates to that much. Even even people in the hip hop can't relate to him trying to be hip hop. It doesn't fit. And I think that's where you get all the corniness from him, because that's like a hip hop type of move. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the thing with him, and and I don't understand why they don't go you know more in this direction. But to me, Cena is good and entertaining when he's intense. Cena. When Cena is pissed and yelling and, and not being a goofball, and he has his I quit matches, when he takes a lot of punishment, um, when there's an intensity about him, Cena can be entertaining. But when that smile comes along, and you know, I think he also he neuters a lot of rivalries, he neuters a lot of heels, because heels are saying the, these horrible things about Cena, and... Cena's kind of smiling and saying, well, I respect you, but I'm like, no, this is wrestling. You're not supposed to respect yeah. uh, your your opponent. You're supposed to despise them. You're supposed to get pissed. And, and certain programs he's had, you know, a few years back with, with JBL, uh, the program he had with uh, Batista a few years ago, you know, when he was intense Cena, to me that was entertaining. Uh, when he's goofball Cena, it just doesn't work. Hey, I agree on that. And the worst case for him and other type fans is, if you didn't watch that last segment on Raw with the uh, horrible uh, heel turn because uh, Truth failed the drug test and all, yeah. if you just ended the show before they came on, it was a great show. And then it's just like it's just like crapping all over that dessert when Cena comes out there. Really, really hard to take, man. But, uh, yeah, I think that I it's almost you. like you can't fix Cena. I, my way to fix Cena, they'll never do. So with that being said, they're – Marketing strategy is to keep those seven, eight, nine, ten year olds, keep them with Cena the next fifteen years. But I just, uh, it's not going to work for us, man. But hey, yeah. love the Thanks show, the man. Call, man. And uh, have a good day, my saw brother. You too. Take it easy, man. And I think I think Pat brings some some good points. Um, that would be an interesting way to do it. Um, and and on Raw, I, I agree with them. It was a way to you know they really kind of crapped on the, the whole show. Uh, and the thing is, you know. It's not, you know, it's it's wrestling. This is not rock surgery. I, I mean, can we be honest? 
you know, good versus evil, right versus wrong, heel versus face. I mean, can we, you know, um, why, why do they have Cena come out, you know, kind of laughing about what The Rock did? Why? And I don't know if it's him, WWE creative, or a combination of both. But man, we're moving towards WrestleMania. I mean, we've had an extended road to WrestleMania this year. And and why do you take like the end of Raw? Why doesn't Cena come out pissed as hell? Why does he not come out, you know, you know, screw you, Rock. We win our match and then you have the the nerve to, you know, and then you're not here tonight like a like the pussy you are. You know, you wuss out on Raw, you're nowhere to be found. You know, but once I have my back turned, that's when you attack me. You know, I mean, where's that intensity where he should have come out pissed off? But no, he comes out, like, cracking jokes. And again, is it Cena? Is it WWE creative? Is it a combination of, of both? Uh, it's it's tough to say, but it wasn't Raw. Uh, again, like I said earlier, uh, Punk Ziggler, great match. And Dave Ziggler might be the best worker in the business right now. Um he is amazing, uh, and and some one of the things that he does is that's better than anybody is the way he sells other people. Uh, Ziller is very athletic, you know, does his own moves great, but he sells. He'll make anyone look great. And then when he's in the ring with a like Punk, who is very good in in the ring, he just upped, you know, the way Punk looked. I mean, I, I honestly, I'm not saying Ziggler carried the match, but I think Ziggler made Punk look that much better, and and um. A very, very good match. And then they kind of crapped on it at the end. We got another caller. Let's punch him up. Caller, are you there? Hello? Caller? Going once. Going twice. I hear you. All right. Not paying attention. Uh, You know, if you... Uh, on, you know, doing else, you're going to the bathroom and you're on hold, well, give us a call again, 347-838-9815. And number again is 347-838-9815. Thank you all, whoever is out there listening. Uh, again, thanks for the, the callers. Um, you know, this is fun. It's fun just hanging out, talking, wrestling. Um, but let's talk a little bit. Let's let's switch gears. And, and if you want to call in again, seeing as the hotbed. And I, and I did like Pat's kind of comeback story. And that's what I want. We're not going to say... Turn him heel, keep him face. We're not going to, you know, deal with the basics there. Your, your your job is you've been put in charge of creative. You've been charged with fixing John Cena. How do you do it? It's not simple. So I hear where you go with this. Um, let's switch gears a bit with with CM Punk. Uh, is there anyone else more popular right now? And let's face it, I think that the popularity of CM Punk. Uh, you know, it's funny because I think John Cena's kind of helped that, the, you know, the anti-John Cena movement and, and Punk kind of in, encompasses that. So that's a, that's huge. I think that really helps Punk, but Punk's hot right now and Punk is really over. Punk is, you know, to me almost, you know, borderline like a modern day stone cold almost the way he's just kind of blown up right now. He's gone from the, the anti-hero to, uh. Really, just you know, mainstreaming it. I mean, he's getting the biggest pops of the night when he comes out. Uh, you know, he is a face in the truest sense. Uh, the crowd is rooting for him and booing his opponent as much as his character is a 
you know, a bit off-centered. Um, he still is, and it's kind of heel-lit, but he's definitely the face uh, as far as his matches go. Um, and he's outselling John Cena merchandise-wise. So this guy is, and he said it. He said it on Monday Night Raw that he is the new face of the WWE. Um, the thing that I find interesting is where do we go with him now? Uh, where does Punk go as a character? Uh, you know, he he is a face, obviously, and I've always thought that Punk worked better as a heel, uh, but I'm not one to argue with uh, popularity. I'm not one to argue with uh, when something's working, uh, you got to go with it. And Punk right now, it's working. Now, when you look going forward, when you look at who steps up now and, and is the next uh, big rival, for the one and only CM Punk, where, where do you go there? Uh, yeah, I don't know. One of the big problems is that they uh, they've kind of neutered Del Rio a bit. Um, you know, I don't know. And now he's had two title reigns, uh, both of which were uh, you know, nothing to really write home about. And I, and I love Del Rio. I think Del Rio's got a lot to offer, um, but uh, character-wise, yeah. Uh, you don't know where they're going to go with Del Rio now. Uh, are they going to continue a program with, with Punk? Is he going to be looking to uh, fulfill his destino and get that title back? I, I don't know. Does he, you know, go after someone else? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I don't know where they're going to go with Del Rio right now. Um, and where do they go with Punk? Who's the guy now to step in? Who's the guy uh, as far as... Uh, title match at the next pay-per-view and, and furthermore, the, the next pay-per-view is TLC. And then following that, the um, Royal Rumble. Uh, who Who's the guy that you want to see in there in the ring uh, fighting CM Punk uh, for the title? You know, I, I don't know who the guy is. Or is the guy there right now? Uh, someone going to be coming back. We've seen, um, we obviously know Kane is coming back. We saw the Bring Mask and, um, you know, we've also seen uh, that the uh, you know the creepy kid thing, and it begins uh, a little vignette. So uh, you know, maybe someone will be coming in to rival Punk, and, and so we're going TLC Royal Rumble, and and if he keeps the title for that long, uh, who is CM Punk's uh, rival? Who is his opponent for WrestleMania? Where are we going with CM Punk? So I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know where. Uh, you know, it's interesting because when Stone Cold uh, really broke in and, and, you know, became the face of the company, that, that anti-hero that was the face of the company, uh, he had a Bret Hart who, you know, as much as Stone Cold, you know, whatever, the most popular wrestler ever, blah, 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 yada, I mean, I get all that, and, and he's put on a pedestal, and, um, you know, and I like Stone Cold, sometimes I think he's a bit overrated, um, you know, because Hulk Hogan's the best of all time, and that's just not even debatable. But going forward, yes, Stone Cold, very popular. Maybe as far as dollars and cents and ticket sales, because it was a different era and inflation and all that other good stuff. That uh, yeah, Stone Cold might be the most popular wrestler of all time. But that being said, he had Bret Hart. Bret Hart doesn't get enough love for what he did for Stone Cold's character. Um, and that whole rivalry where, you know, Stone Cold was the face inside America, 
And Brett was the heel, but when they got outside of America, Brett was kind of the face, and Stone Cold was the heel, and that's how they went with it. And it was just maybe, maybe the most interesting program ever in the history of professional wrestling, because I've never seen anything before or since. I thought it was really cool. But as I go off on this tangent, um, where where is CM Punk's rival? Where is his Bret Hart Who's the guy that's going to push this anti-hero um, into the stratosphere? You know, and, you know who's going to do it? Um, because I think Punk has a lot of potential to get stale as a face. As a heel, he's tremendous because he can really get into the I'm better than you and the straight edge stuff and all that other stuff that I think really works as a heel. As a face, kind of curious. Where do you go? So uh, thoughts out there if you're... Uh, you know, listen, uh, you want to talk about CM Punk, you know, where do we go with him? Uh, call in 347-838-9815. The number again is 347-838-9815. So, yeah, what are you, what are you thinking about CM Punk? Uh, who's the next guy for him? I mean, is it a guy like, you know, maybe a Cody Rhodes type? Uh, does he step into the, the forefront? Um, does someone turn heel? Do they do like they go Randy Orton heel kind of thing? Can they turn Orton heel? Because he's another guy who is tremendously popular. Um, you know, where do they go? Because I think the Del Rio thing will get stale. And where do we go with Del Rio? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly where we can go with, with uh, these guys. And it does CM Punk get stale by WrestleMania as a face? Uh, it's quite possible. I mean, wrestling is, is in an interesting place right now. It's off because the, the writing for a lot of these characters lacks depth uh, and lacks a lot. And these characters are not being developed properly. So when you got a guy like a CM Punk who is tremendously popular and tremendously over, you need, you need a guy to be the antithesis. Or do they keep Cena kind of where he is, but kind of beef him up as a heel type. Do they start a small program with with him and, and Punk? I'm not saying I'm in love with that. I'm just saying, you know, that they, there was that talk of, you know, Cena, hey, you know, match this big, we got to be for the title. And, you know, does he bring the title in? To uh, to WrestleMania, do, do we do something like that where he actually winds up, you know, winning the title? I mean, right now with the way they they both are, where their characters are, and if they wanted to try and go heelish with with Cena, I mean, you know, what better way to beat Punk? I mean, you get booed. I'm not saying if that works as as a heel or just that people hate you, uh, but you will get booed if you get a title from CM Punk. Uh, so who knows? Who knows where they're gonna go with with uh, with CM Punk? But I think they need to need to look at that because he could get stale in a hurry. Um, because really, who is? I mean, with with Punk being a face, um, and let's just put Cena in his own category, so he's not really a face or a heel. We don't know what he is. Um, so who's the number one heel in the company? Really? I mean, is it, is it Del Rio? Is Del Rio? I guess Mark Henry. Mark Henry's got his belt, so he's not going to be set anytime soon to get into a program with CM Punk. So where do you go? You know, and it does another 
um, you know, chance for WWE creative to uh, kind of screw up the character, to kind of neuter someone, to make a guy like, uh, you know, CM Punk look weak. Because uh, that's what we don't want. You know, he's hot. CM Punk is hot. He is, uh, you know, might be a pseudo attitude era part two. Um, we don't want to see them them screw up CM Punk, but who's the guy? Who's the guy that we we have him run a program with CM Punk to uh, really really you know put this thing over, really put him over as far as a a WrestleMania match? Um, you know where do you go? So uh, it's I'm curious about that. You know, I'm, it really it kind of concern. I mean, it's wrestling, so can I say it concerns me? It concerns me deeply. Where they're going to go with with CM Punk? Um, you know, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of confidence in WWE creative. I don't know what to do. Um, so, where do you go? Where do you go with Punk? And where do you go? Like, if you're starting, you know, call in three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Where do you go with with the other characters? You know, on that road to WrestleMania, I do think the the one of the biggest up and coming stars, and I, and I wouldn't have said it a while ago. I think Cody Rhodes, especially because he's put on knee pads, and and really, yeah, putting on the knee pads definitely to me sells him as a, a bona fide star. Um, well, that and other reasons, but anyway, yeah, I, I think he's he might be the guy um, that might be the number one heel in the company going forward. Now, I don't know if he's quite ready for that, but he's really come along both in the ring and on the mic. Um, and I think he's he's pretty close to uh, being ready to take that that next step. Interesting thing: there are reports out there right now, a little, little bit of news for you, that uh, Goldust. I remember Goldust. Um, he is uh, lobbying WWE creative uh, to fight, wrestle, perform, however you want to look at it, with Cody Rhodes. Uh, everyone knows that. Uh, Goldust, a.k.a. Dustin Rhodes, is brothers with uh, Cody. And they are looking to... Uh, he wants to do a match where it'll be career uh, versus belt. Career versus title. So um, that's what he's looking to do. Um, I don't know if I'm enthralled by that. Um, it could be interesting. Uh, Goldust was very good, um, both as a face and a heel. Uh, so it, I don't know. It, it could be entertaining, maybe not, um, but they're looking at doing a brother versus brother, which which means if they did that, that we'd be looking at Cody Rhodes, the IC title, to and perhaps through WrestleMania, which to me would put over the, the title a little bit more and give the title a little more of a cachet. Um, for those of you out there that are older wrestling fans, I, come on, the IC title was the shit back in the day. Um, the IC title at times, especially uh, in the era of Mr. Perfect, uh, you know, there were times when it was damn near close to the heavyweight title as far as uh, the cachet it, it carried with it. Um, it was a big-time title, and now it's a piece of garbage. It's a piece of tin, for Christ's sake. Um, so, I mean, maybe they're building that up. I'd like to see them build that up in the U.S. title and the tag belts, but I guess I can't ask for everything at once. So, build up. One title, if they had that title kept until WrestleMania, um, I think it definitely would give the IC title um, some cachet. 
I think Dolph Ziggler can do a lot for the U.S. title. I mean, that guy is so goddamn good. Um, I mean, he's he's just amazing. But every time I turn around, I feel like he's losing. So, I mean, great match with Punk, and, and you know, and I I thought it was an amazing performance. But again, it was him losing, and I'm not delusional thinking he would have won that match. But you know, you got to see these guys with belts have to win. That's it's not again not rocket surgery. Win have a belt that means you're good. If you're good, win. That's how you put a belt over. It's not hard to do. So enough of these godforsaken non-title matchups that you have to put on TV week to week, and you oversell these, these matches with ooh. The U.S. title is on the line, or, or not on the line. The U.S. title holder is in action tonight against, and it's supposed to be a big match, and he loses, but it's a non-title matchup. Enough. Enough. If the title holder's in a non-title matchup, he still should win. Case closed. That's it. Put a belt over. And the belt's for shit right now. I mean, I, I guess the only belt you really could, could say is is completely and totally over right now is the world heavyweight title with with Mark Henry? You know, I will. You know, Punk is on his way, but he hasn't had the title that long, so I can't say. And the and look, it, I, would you be shocked if at the next pay per view CM Punk loses the title to John Cena? I know I wouldn't be. So I can't say that that title is over right now. The world heavyweight belt is over, and and Mark Henry done a tremendous job and to me. Over the, this past few months, that is the best story arc going in the world of professional wrestling. Mark Henry is, is just the man right now. Um, you know, again, like, sometimes it's just so simple. How many different characters did they go through with with him over the course of the years? Goofy characters. And it's like, man, this guy is a big Mother ever. Make him a big, angry mother ever. That's it. There's his character. Don't, don't overthink it. Don't have banging old ladies and them giving birth to hands. Not, none, none of that. Big, angry mother ever. There's the character. And finally, finally they've done it, and it's worked so well. To me right now, what you do with Mark Henry... What you do, and if anybody in WWE Creative is listening to me, are you? if you are within the sound of my voice, you have Mark Henry. Keep that title until WrestleMania, at least until WrestleMania. Because if he keeps that title until WrestleMania, that title is so over. And you have completely sold him as the ultimate badass. That he's taken on all of them. He's taken on Kane. And he's taken on Big Show, and he's put him down. And how the hell could anybody ever beat him and have Daniel Bryan cash in as the ultimate David and Goliath matchup at WrestleMania? Come on, it's biblical. And we got a caller. Let's go to the caller. Caller, are you there? Ken. Hey, what's up? It's your your co-host from Sunday night. How are you doing? Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. So what are your thoughts on the wonderful world of professional wrestling? 
Um, well, I do have to apologize firsthand. I was out running errands trying to get away from the Black Friday mess going to get a haircut, and I haven't really gotten a chance to listen to your show. But uh, the one question I have and, uh, you know, to bring up as a topic of discussion is um, other than John Cena and The Rock and, of course, who The Undertaker might face at WrestleMania, where else do you see the card shaping up at for WrestleMania in Miami in April? See, it's a really interesting question because uh, you know I have no idea. And we did we we talked a little bit about uh you know where do you go with CM Punk? Um, right now, I mean, uh, you know, one of the things with CM Punk is he's so over right now. But you know, he's a face, and who's who's the heel that's going to be a, a a good nemesis for for him? And, and I I don't know. Um, there's rumors. I don't know if you heard the reports that uh. Uh, Cody Rhodes and and uh, Goldust, aka Dustin Rhodes, uh, might have a match, uh, career versus uh, title. Yeah, I heard uh, about which, that. Yeah, which which could be interesting mid card. Um, again, because I would think that Goldust is to hang it up, so we we probably have Cody Rhodes keeping the title through WrestleMania, which would help really putting that that title over. Um, other than that, like it's it's interesting. I don't know. I don't really know, and I think the writing has been a bit lazy with Cena Rock. So I'm kind of curious. What What are your thoughts? Like, let's just go with CM Punk. Who would you put CM Punk in? Let's just say he is able to keep the title, which I don't think so because the title's going to be around Cena or Rock's waist. I think going into WrestleMania, but let's just say Punk keeps the title. Who Who do you put him against? Um, to be honest with you. The only logical choice, in my opinion, right now to face CM Punk, and there's been rumors that he would face Jericho. Of course, there's the big talk about him and Steve Austin, but putting Steve Austin on the same card as The Rock returning home to Miami, one's going to overshadow the other, and neither one of them would let that happen. So you can throw Steve Austin out of the equation for that. You would have to build a CM Punk-Steve Austin match for another WrestleMania. Um, There's been talk, like I said, of Jericho. But what I would like to see, to be honest with you, considering the momentum Punk has had since the beginning of the summer, it kind of died down a little bit in the fall, but as we saw at Survivor Series on Sunday, it looks like they're going to put their faith into CM Punk as the as the heavyweight champion and the the top guy in the company, so to speak. I think it might be Undertaker. I think CM Punk would be the most logical threat on the roster right now to Undertaker's streak, and it would make the streak, I mean, granted, the, the streak match is bigger than any title match on that show, as we saw last year. Um, but it would make the title match and the streak match even more important if you put the title on the line versus the streak. Now, any thought, do, do, you, do you turn Punk, or do you keep him kind of a face and, you know, keep Taker face? Um. Well, I mean, they didn't turn Hunter last year. It wasn't like he was getting booed, you know, um, other than, you know, a few points in the match or some things that he did because he's, a, you know, he was a, he's, a, he's a big name. Um, I don't think they would really turn Punk. Um, it would be nice because Punk could do some great heel work against Undertaker, and it's been done before a few years back with the two of them. Um, but I don't, I don't think you would turn – I don't think you would turn CM Punk for that. Um, I think it would be more out of a respect factor. CM Punk, you know, trying to prove himself as as a top guy. He's, he's the champion. But another thing that he hasn't done is, uh, you know, end the WrestleMania winning streak. If you if you were to build him up from now until WrestleMania, 
with the championship going through guys like Miz or going through guys like uh, Del Rio again and even Cena. And you, you, he walks into WrestleMania as the champion. You know, if you want to turn him, he could come out and cut a promo and say that, you know, I've beaten them all. I've done it all here. What else do I have to accomplish going into WrestleMania as the champion? Who's going to knock me off my perch? And then the, the lights go out and, you know, you have Undertaker there and say, I'm the guy that's going to knock you off your perch. And, you know, I don't know if I got, you know, got much left in me, but I got enough to go for one last shot at that title. And you you would have the beginning stages of a, of a, of a program heading into WrestleMania with the two of them. It's an interesting thought, especially with, um, you know, how uh, Punk does his uh, kind of work, kind of shoot promos that he does. Um, because I, I may have heard the story a few years back um, when Punk had the title. Uh, supposedly there was an incident in the locker room where Undertaker kind of took Punk aside and said, you know, you need to carry yourself a little better outside of uh, the locker room because you are, when you have that belt, you are the face of the company. And supposedly CM Punk kind of snapped back at him and said, you know, well, what about John Cena? He's always running around in his jean shorts. Why do I have to worry about what I look like? And yeah, I do remember hearing well about in the that. Locker room because uh, Undertaker is considered the most respected guy in the locker room. Um, so it would be interesting if Punk kind of used that story or, or used parts of it as kind of, you know, here's a guy that, that wanted to, to hold me down, one of the guys who didn't believe in me, and here I am with the belt. Um, it could make for an interesting story arc. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that post. And uh, as far as other potential wrestling. You talked about Cody Rhodes and Goldust. Um, that would be interesting. Like you said, it would, make, it would make the Intercontinental title mean mean something more. However, I don't think that they, with, with everything that's going on at WrestleMania with Rock returning with the Undertaker match, um, with the event, with the eventual Daniel Bryan cash in the money in the bank, there's so many big stories that if Goldust were to do a career versus title match against his, you know, his half-brother, I don't think it would get as much hype as the other big potential stories for that show. So I think I, I don't think that match would take place at a WrestleMania. I could see them doing it maybe at the pay-per-view before or even the Royal Rumble to, to kind of build some momentum towards Cody Rhodes going into WrestleMania, whether he's champion or not. seems like that's where they're going with him, especially after he survived the uh, the tag match on Sunday. Um, I, I, as I was getting on the air with you, I overheard you talking about the, uh, the Mark Henry uh, story arc and how he, uh, you know, it would be nice if he went to steamroll through all these guys and the Daniel Bryan idea. I think that would work. Um, but there's a lot of guys that we know of in the championship picture, who have been in the championship picture, that would be left out. And it would almost – who's to say that Randy Orton won't compete for the title again? Or even a Sheamus. And now Wade Barrett's a, a pretty big name in the story. Rey Mysterio is supposed to come back. Um, I mean, there's so many different possibilities with guys um, and where they're going to where, where the chips are going to fall at WrestleMania. Um, there's been rumors of Shaquille O'Neal getting involved, like we talked about LeBron James. But um, it's very interesting now that um, we don't really have a. Um, like I said the other night, they plant little seeds around this time of what they think they're going to do for WrestleMania. All we really know of is Rock and Cena. 
Everything else is, uh, I think, we'll we'll have a clear picture going into January's Royal Rumble pay per view. Yeah, interesting. And and David, thanks a lot for giving us a call today. No, oh, thank you very much for having me on. Have a good one. Yeah, interesting points there. Um, you know, and it's funny. I, I was looking at the, the yearly schedule, and it, I do find it really interesting as as a wrestling fan that. You know, and, and and maybe both companies, TNA and WWE, kind of treat us like we're we're dumb. But if you notice that TNA gets really good around Back for Glory, like that's you know they'll they'll shit the bed for like the rest of the year. But around Back for Glory, things start falling into place. And as Dave, Dave just said, things will be falling into place like that. You know, January through to WrestleMania, like all of a sudden, you know, SmackDown and Raw become really. Interesting, and it's kind of must-see TV. Um, and then they kind of shit the bed for a little while after that. Um, with a short little run, like they, they they ramp it up, at least try to, going into SummerSlam. So I do find it interesting. And I do agree with them. Things will fall into place, and there are guys on that roster. Um, where do you go? And and there's there there are a lot of – there's a lack of good heels right now in, in wrestling. You know, they turned uh, Sheamus' face. Now um, they they've turned Orton face. Uh, he's been a face for a little while. Um, he was one of those, you know, again at final faces. He just started getting cheered, so no face. Um, you know, where do you go with with these guys? You know, where do you go? Or do you, maybe you have like Orton and Sheamus, and one of them turns heel again, and you have them at WrestleMania. But you know, where do you go with with those guys? And you know, it it should be interesting to see where WWE Creative goes because they did kind of paint themselves into a corner announcing the main event a year in advance. So you, you have The Rock coming back, you have John Cena, and that's it. You know, So those two guys are locked in uh, for that match, and to a certain extent, see what they, what they do. But, uh, you know, Cena made the comment that a match like that should be uh, about the title. A match like that is too important uh, to not have the title in the picture. So, you know, do they forget he said that, or to... At some point, do one of these two guys get the title uh, going into WrestleMania? So that kind of kills like two potential. Like you have your main event, and and the, the title goes into that picture. So you're eliminating, you know, potentially a, a WWE title match. Um, so it, it, like, where do you go with the, the rest of the roster going into WrestleMania? Because they, they have painted themselves into a corner a bit. And we have another caller on the line. Let's call him up. Caller, are you there? Hey, Tim. What's up, man? Hey, how are you? Good. Hey, this is this is Bob, man. Oh, hey, what's Bob. going on? <laughs> hey, I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, I'm actually at the mall, believe it or not. I ventured out of the house on Black Friday, but I knew you were going to be on today, so I figured I'd uh, I give you Thanks a plug. Thanks for the phone call. You surviving out floor. there? What's that? You're surviving out there? I'm I'm making it through. I'm making it through. We're doing okay. <laughs> but how uh, bad is it out there? You know, I'm 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 a I'm in a smaller town than you guys are, so it's not nearly as bad as like a New York or anything like that. But it's busy, which is you know good for the economy, I guess. But <laughs> very good. So but, what, are, uh, what are your thoughts? My thoughts, basically, um, I'm wondering if WWE has made like a long-term blunder to try to make a short-term fix with The Rock. And I love The Rock. Let me say that before I go any further. Rock is great. The guy cuts amazing promos. Survivor Series, he was funny. He was fantastic. But the problem is, here we are talking about the fact that we're going to have to put Rock in. We have to have the title for the big match at 
WrestleMania, I mean, are they cutting off their nose to spite their face? You know what I mean? WrestleMania is about, like, the championships and the grand, the spectacle and the whole thing, but why the heck would I, you know, pay the 55 bucks and not see a world title match? When you, I mean, you're going to see Brock Cena doesn't need that match. You know what I'm saying? I agree with you. I think they, they definitely, and it's it, funny, I, I'm curious if anyone in the, in the company or in creative regrets it, but announcing that the day after WrestleMania, although, again, capitalist society, I'm sure it's going to sell tickets, but did they paint themselves into a corner uh, setting up this match? And I kind of agree with you with The, with the Rock, because I, I love The Rock, too. But, you know, there's aspects where I'm like, I, I don't know... Um, you know, WrestleMania is going to come and go, and he's going to disappear again. Um, you know, he he turns you know on Cena at Survivor Series, and he's not there on Monday. Um, so it, it's to me like the, any storyline, which is difficult. This whole story arc, and as much as like, we all know, like Cena's limitations um, on the mic and in the ring, this whole storyline. Is fallen on Cena's shoulders to kind of carry, which I, mean, I don't know if that's the, the guy you want. Like he has to do enough promos to both of them. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Cena so, I mean, can barely I, cut his own promos, let alone cut enough promos to carry him and Rock. Exactly. So I mean, every so and, you know he's got to come out and kind of sell the, the WrestleMania match and do his best by himself, and every so often. We're graced with a video appearance by The Rock, where The Rock makes fun of Cena, and you know that's it. I, I, yeah, the, I, to I'm me, a, like they. I know, you're, I know you're a huge, you're a Cena fan. I've never been a big fan of the guy, but he's I'm really not a huge a tough Cena spot. fan. But I do think he's got more to offer than people give him credit for. He he's in a tough spot here. He's in the, the worst spot he could possibly be in. He's trying to, you know, talk for himself and like the best talker in the history of the business. Next to Ric Flair, <laughs> but uh, right. he, he's he is so, and he's and he's limited on the mic. Let's be honest. And to be perfectly honest, there's really nobody else in the WWE besides CM Punk who can really cut a great promo right now. I mean, they're Agreed. they're bringing up all they're bringing up all these guys for developmental, and they want them all to be the same way. Look at the one guy who stands out in his promo, CM Punk. He didn't yes. come up through their system. He came up through the independence. He did it the hard way. He he was in their system for a little while, but he didn't change. He's always been himself. That's why he's as over as he is. Yeah, those are good points. But and, and the thing is, like as good as he is, and, and Sam Punk is probably the best. It's the best in the WWE, if not the business right now, cutting promos. But when he ran a program with Cena, when they're able to go back and forth with each other, look was better than Cena, but Cena kind of was able to hold his own a bit going back and forth. In fact, I was surprised at how well Cena did hold his own. Um, you know, I feel like CM Punk was raised Cena's game as far as cutting the promo, and that's the problem with WrestleMania. There's no antithesis to what Cena's saying. He's, he's coming out there with a mic by himself. That's, 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 that's a good point by you. I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. And let's be honest, I mean, we also thought, wow, man, Rock with the Cena looks really good in the ring with CM Punk. <laughs> because, but you know, it's because he's so great on the great in the ring to begin with. But it does help when he's got somebody in there he can dance with that can lead the way. 
Yeah, I think Cena's one of those guys that, and maybe he's been brought along too quickly. Um, he's not a guy to carry anybody, but if he's running a program with the right guy, um, he can work. And right. the program with Punk, a great program. Um, you know, now, which like I said, with the Raw. What'd say? Which, which they cut way too short. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that that had... That had some legs, and they they don't let programs go long enough anymore. Um, they could have let that go for a while, um, and and they honestly, if they ever um, ever thought of seeing a heel, they could have ran that program almost like a Bret Hart Stone Cold, run the program for a little bit, and as the crowd continues to cheer Punk and boo Cena more and more, then eventually have that definitive turn. Um, but you're right. Cut that way too soon. I mean, and I, I'm not sure. Like, I always thought that CM, CM Punk could have this really long title reign. The first one. I don't know about this. How the how long the second one's going to go? But the first one, I really thought that he could have held that belt for like six months. Really gotten that character over. But then he got caught by the heat. The Heat Killer, Kevin Nash, and then you know it was all downhill for a while for him. Yeah, and he's definitely up now. And I'm again, like, and I was talking about before, like I'm curious, like where they go with Punk now. As far you know, he's so over. Um, but there's there's really a lack of, and like you're saying, you know, for good heels, like they, you need good promo work. I mean, who right. the heel? Who's the, who's the number one heel that you put up against CM Punk now? They've kind of booted Del Rio. So it's interesting, as popular as he is, who's the guy? Yeah, it's kind of really, at this point, it's Del Rio by default because there's nobody else. I mean, they had to turn Orton, they kind of, they, they turned Sheamus, and I'm not sure if there really is a guy right now on that on the rule breaker side other than Mark Henry, who is just in a league of his own right now, that could be, you know, a really legit heel of the Punk, unless maybe they're, Think about doing something with Mark Henry if he drops the belt on SmackDown or something. They might do that. that yeah, I guess, like, like right now with Mark Henry, you have him keep the belt till WrestleMania and you make him the most dominant champ in recent memory. I right. mean, they, they built it up right that like right now. Um, if he keeps the belt till WrestleMania, I mean, he's just the the ultimate, you know. And then if you have uh, Daniel Bryan cash in against him, the ultimate David and Goliath. Right. You know, now that we're talking about Mark Henry, you know who the, the build reminds me of now when I think about it? And it's not really as dominant. Like, Henry's been dominating guys and just killing guys, but he kind of came out of nowhere. It's very similar to what they did with JBL. Yes. It's a good point. But, good analogy. It's, uh, and, and it's the thing that was when it first happened, you went, really? He's going to be the guy? But then after a while, you sort of build up. He's like, wow, he's a really good heel. He needs to have that belt for a while. And it worked. So why are they not taking their own advice and looking at things that are really working and stay with them for a while? Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. It's almost like they, they shoot themselves in the foot that, that, you know, when something's working, let it work for a while. It's almost like they get this idea that they have to do something new. We have to get off this program and get on something new, whereas, you know, a lot of these programs, I mean, the Cena Punk program, they could have rode that for a while. I mean, that was so hot. People were loving it. And, and you know, people who love 
punk hate John Cena, and vice versa. Kids that really get into John Cena are not going to get into CM Punk. It just was, it really worked well, and then all of a sudden it's just done. Yeah. All right, Kenny, so, man. Hey, thanks a lot. Have a good one. Thank and you for the call. The show, man. Thanks. Bob giving us a call. Thanks a lot for giving us a call. A lot of good points. I mean, and I think it's funny as we as we keep going on and on talking about this world. That number to call in and talk about professional wrestling. Uh, also, you can check me out on Twitter, Ken Reedy Show on Twitter, and uh, we got Facebook. Ken Reedy Show is on Facebook, so. Check us out. There's always a Facebook subject matter going on. Uh, comments. Let me know what you think of the show and what you, what you think of SmackDown, Raw, all that good stuff. Uh, check us out on Facebook. But, you know, it's funny. All the people that are calling in, I, I think we're all in agreement that we're we're not quite pleased with WWE Creative. We're not there. We're not satisfied. Uh, and, and as we were talking about Bob, that sometimes they cut they cut programs too short. Uh, that program with, with Cena and Punk um, was a good program that didn't need to end when it did. And, uh, you know, they're, they're one of those things. And, again, it's are they leading towards turning Cena heel? Do they just not know what they're doing? But some of the things that, that like that, that program with Punk, to me, made Cena look good. It looked strong. Um, he worked well off of Punk in the ring and on the mic. I thought Cena looked good during that program, and then they ended. It's almost like, you know, they, they they go back to making him look like a goofball. And is it creative? Is it Cena? Is it a combination of both? But the program, I think, could have run for a long time. And and I don't understand why they do this whole thing with John Cena that I, I respect you. No, don't. Stop. 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 Mr. Cena, stop. Stop respecting who you're battling. If I could give you one piece of advice, my man, stop. No respect. No R-E-S-P-E-C-T. No. None. Done. Stop respecting the guy you're feuding with. That's not pro wrestling. That's not what it's all about. Pro wrestling is all about hating the guy across the ring. That is what wrestling is. That's when wrestling works. When it's black and white. When you can really, really root for one guy and really, really hate the other guy. That's what you want. And you want that of your wrestler. You want, if you're going to root for John Cena, you're going to root hard, you've got to have him fighting someone that you really, really want to hate. And they're not doing it. It's just, it's goofy. Uh, and, and again, and it hurts the heels, too, because John Cena's such a goofball, you don't really hate the heel. I mean, The Miz sucks. I'm sorry. I, I don't think The Miz has much to offer the wrestling business at all. I'm not a big fan of his. I don't think he's that great in the ring. I, You know, he's not bad on the mic, but I don't think he's amazing on the mic. And yet, he garnered cheers at WrestleMania this year. Um, you know, he's kind of a, I mean, he's a little bitch. I mean, he came from the real world. I mean, true wrestling fans, it's like you came from reality TV, and now you're you're the, the WWE champion. Most wrestling fans, you would hate that. If someone told you that years ago, that some... Schmo on, on the real world is going to be the heavyweight champ. And you'd say that's ridiculous. And you would hate that guy. But he garnered cheers at WrestleMania because John Cena is so... They have so screwed up his character. It's it's ridiculous. So, enough of it. it's amazing. You know, we can we can we went on to see him a little bit, but it all come back to John Cena. 
something. Let's let's switch gears a bit. Let's switch gears. And again, you can call whatever you want. You can come and talk whatever you want to talk about. Professional Wrestling three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Let's talk a little bit about TNA because uh, TNA is kind of coming out of their Bound for Glory season, and uh, yeah, a little disjointed, maybe say the least. Uh, a little bit. Thinking, I'm thinking it's a little, little disjointed. Um, Jeff Hardy is back, and wow, you know, if there, and this is kind of going back to what Pat talked about earlier in the show when he called in, and to fix John, and now I'm back on Cena. What the Jesus Christ? Anyway, to fix John Cena, make him a comeback, make you know, create this kind of comeback scenario, and America loves, loves the comeback. Look at Mr. Jeff Hardy. Are you kidding me? Was there a guy more reviled between fans and the boys in the locker room than Mr. Jeff Hardy? And, man, that guy is over. That guy is over. Um, he is He's really popular as far as TNA goes. And like a few, uh, few weeks ago, uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, before Bound for Glory, was on the hit show Busted Open um, on Sirius Radio, Sirius 94. Um, check them out. Great wrestling talk. Uh, Dave LaGreca, Doug Mortman. Um, but Hulk Hogan was on there, and uh, he made a comment that Jeff Hardy, if he could keep his act together, is the guy to carry the company into the future. And I was fortunate enough, and thank you to the Busted Open people, that um, I always got to hang out in studio for that interview. And I'm I'm telling you all, everyone in the studio kind of looked at each other like, what what the hell is he talking about? Um, like, he's got to be crazy. There's no way that Jeff Hardy's the guy. Um, but Hope was right. The rest of us were wrong. He is. I mean, right now, he is the guy. Um, I will give Jeff Jarrett. I think Jeff Jarrett's done a really nice job being the emphasis, being the heel, um, some decent heel work uh, to be Jeff Hardy's nemesis. Um, you know, much better heel work than, than maybe any belts in, in the WWE, um, and, and he's putting Jeff Hardy over, and, and I think that works. Uh, it's working well. Um, I don't know how long or how much longer I can watch this program go on. I think they're going to have to, you know, wrap it up at some point, um, but I do, I do, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think, you know, what, what, what it was, it's not the most credible program going on, but it was a program set up. Uh, to make Jeff Hardy a face and to put him over with crowd. And I, and I think they've succeeded there. Uh, where they go going forward remains to be seen, but they've they've succeeded in making him a, a, a face and putting him back over uh, with crowd. Uh, the one thing that does frighten me a bit right now in, in TNA is ass and bitch and shit. Ass shit. Those that's bothering me because ass, bitch, and shit are all words that can be said on basic cable. Those are all words that are allowed on basic cable. Anyone out there watches Sons of Anarchy? They're allowed to say those words on basic cable. Uh those words are getting bleeped on impact last night. And I do sincerely and wholeheartedly believe that if TNA is ever going to attempt to really, really, really 
make uh, some head against the WWE, uh, they got to be the antithesis of the WWE. You can't be PG. You hear me, TNA? You cannot be a PG product against another PG product because you're not going to win there. The one thing you, you, you can do to beat the WWE or at least garner some other people, some people who are not happy with the WWE, is to have you guys be at least a PG-13 product, if not more closer to an R product. Um, when you were bleeping out ass, I mean, come on. I mean, ass, you can say that on network TV. Are you kidding? So I, that frightened me a bit because I, getting back into the, the Jeff Hardy, Jeff Jarrett program, I, I honestly would really like to see a traditional, old-school kind of uh, end-of-a-program kind of bloodbath, which I think would be uh, really good for um, Jeff uh, Jeff Hardy's character to really have a, a you know all out um, you know bloodbath of a fight maybe in a steel cage uh, you know definitively the end of of their feud um, I think that would be something that would be really really beneficial for for both characters um, but that's kind of what I want to see out of this program I, I want this program I, it's almost time for it to end but I want it to end. And, and I want them to, like, kill each other. And I really want something intense. And Jeff Hardy, to me, has to come out of this match. You know, I did I did it. He has to come out a bloody mess with his hand raised up and the crowd just going nuts for him. That's how the program has to end. If you're going to start going nine, if you're going to start going PG, you're just PG with less money. That's all you'll be. You need to kind of push the envelope. The only way that TNA can make any headway is to push the envelope a bit. So make sure make that happen. That's what I want to see. Make that happen. Bloodbath. Bloodbath. Jeff versus Jeff. That's what we'll do. Jeff versus Jeff. The winner gets to call him Jeff. The loser loses that name. That would be stupid. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. That's what I want to see out of them. So you, you can't go. You cannot go PG if you are part of TNA. That that is something you you can't go. So I, I'm curious where they're going to go as far as ending that program. Uh, when they're going to end it, uh, you know, I think it's time. It's getting close. Maybe next pay per view you end this program, but I think that needs to be a bit of a bloodbath. Um, the the company's a bit disjointed. I, you know, to me, what they were doing well, uh, tag wrestling kind of lost a bit, I think. I mean, who are the good tag teams right now? And the, the new tag team of uh, Morgan and Crimson, uh, definitely a, a foreboding team, definitely an intimidating team, interesting pairing, but uh, who the hell can wrestle? They destroyed Mexicools. They basically squashed them. Uh, where are you going to go with, with uh, that team? And, you know, the... Mexican-America, I mean, they, they dropped the ball on those guys. You know, not that they're the best characters in the world, but, again, it's wrestling. And I can't – someone needs to get the head of, like, all these creative and, and just realize it's wrestling. More simple equals more better. Okay? Let's, that's, that's the mantra now. For professional wrestling, more simple equals more better. Mexican-America, they, they were tapping 
that anti-American sentiment. You know, they're hitting you right there, and that's good. That in wrestling, that always works. Whether it's Nikita Koloff, whether it's Nikolai Volkov, whether it's the Iron Sheik, whether it's Sergeant Slaughter turning, whoever it is, anti-America works. Bret Hart even. It works as a story. It always works. Uh, you know, that it's easy. It's an easy storyline, but it's great because it works so well. But you need an all-American nemesis, and that person will go over huge. You know, I don't know, Ink Ink was like the – it's just – I think the guys got a lot of heat. They got some real good heat, but they never really cashed in as far as the, the – the perfect nemesis for, for these guys. So to me, they dropped the ball there. Um, and now I don't know where you go with them because they were just bitch slapped by the Twin Towers, Morgan and Crimson. Um, so I, I don't know where you go right now with the tag division. they will definitely be a dominant tag team. And, and maybe uh, if and when the Motor City Machine Guns come back and you have another David and Goliath kind of match and... Uh, you know, no doubt, you know, very different styles, very different teams. But the Motor City Machine Guns, they'll they'll do some, they'll make them look good because they're good, they're good. Uh, but I don't know, like the tag division is eh, eh, and, and the tag division is weak. The WWE as well, really weak. But you know, like that was one of the things to me that TNA was was past tense, uh, kind of beating. Uh, the WWE on. If you want to see good tag wrestling, watch TNA. You didn't watch WWE. Now it's where do you go with the tag division? So that that's a bit disjointed right now. So again, going through uh, different things. So we got the the Jeff Jeff feud to me kind of working. Uh, TNA tag division not working. Um, Bobby Roode turning. Bobby Roode. Uh, I think that guy's got all the talent in the world. Uh, I like the fact they turned him. Curious where they're going to go with him now. Uh, he definitely deserves the the run at the title, but uh, you know where where do we go with his character? But I do I definitely like the turn. I like how uh, Impact ended last night. I thought that was a a really good uh, ending. Uh, him staying over uh, AJ Styles. That was a really good end there. You know, but. Uh, I don't know how much longer can you do Bobby Roode versus uh, AJ Styles. You know how long are you going to stretch that out for? Um, I, I think Bobby Roode's very good on the mic, and James Storm also very good on the mic. Splitting up that tag team, which again hurts your tag division. Uh, that was, you know, it was good for both those guys, and both those guys look like they can hold their own as far as, um, you know, being those guys. But it definitely hurts uh, the tag division, and it hurts where do you go with, with the tag division. So, it, you know, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that, like, yeah, it, it, you know, you want to be a single star, and that's great that they're single stars now, but uh, where do you go with, with them? Where do you go with the tag division? Because you kind of screwed up your tag division by splitting up probably the best tag team you had uh, in the company at the time. Um, but I like that. I like James Storm. Uh, being a face, I like him a lot on the mic, uh, especially where he is, uh, where wrestling is, and it's it's centered down south. Uh, him being a a face, him being uh, a redneck, so to speak. Uh, redneck is is good. 
Good. So, you know, for, for where TNA is based out of, uh, him being a face, he could be a really, really popular face. Uh, so I, I think that's working. Uh, so if you want to talk like TNA at this point, give us a call in, 347-838-9815. That number again, 347-838-9815. What are you thinking about TNA? What are you thinking about where they're going? Are we set now because we're going to be entering the road to WrestleMania with the WWE? Does, does TNA kind of slow down, pull it back, give us some shit storylines for a while because they don't want to blow it with a big storyline when most of the world is centering around the WWE. So what are we looking at? Uh, one of the things I'm kind of curious about, uh, give us a call in at, uh, again, the number 347-838-9815. I'm curious what you guys think about Eric Young. This, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know what I think anymore about Eric Young. Talented guy, decent in the ring, um, but uh, is is he funny or is it dumb? Fun or dumb? What are we looking at with with Eric Young? Is that, it might be close to to being dumb. I do find him entertaining, and I went to see TNA live uh, a few months back in um, uh, Brooklyn uh, for one of their baseball events. And uh, you know, Eric Young jumped out of the ring and wound up uh, running the bases, which was funny. It was entertaining. Um, but, you know, the, the turkey suit on Impact last night, I get it, it's Thanksgiving, and I don't know. I don't know if I, I you know, it's maybe it's time. I mean, he's he's like a, a, a funny Moondog Spot. Like if Moondog Spot or Moondog Rex, he kind of resembles both of them, from Parts Unknown... But if you pictured the moon dogs instead of gnawing on a bone, if they were making jokes, that's what we're looking at now with our young. And I don't know really at this point. It might be time to change them up a bit. It was funny for a little bit, and I get the, the comic relief, and I guess every show needs the comic relief uh, to a certain extent. But it, it might be time uh, to kind of switch it up a, a bit with him. I don't know. I just found myself like with the turkey suit kind of looking at it like, I don't know. I, I've had enough. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what I think. I don't know um, what I think about Eric Young, but I, I think it might be time to, to change it up a bit. Uh, I'm a little bored. I think I'm a little bored. So what do you think? What do you think about Eric Young? And the other the other aspect of uh, TNA is, is their women's division, who the TNA has... Still, they're, they're, the knockouts are superior to the Divas. Uh, it's not as good as it, it's been in the past, but it definitely is a lot better than it was. And then they've added added Kim to uh, Gail Kim to the, the mix, which is good. And Gail Kim, you know, just coming over, uh, she was not happy with uh, the WWE, and she she done an interview recently with uh, Slam Wrestling. Um, and this is what she stated about uh, being disrespected by the WWE. I don't regret what I did at all. It's a respect thing, Kim says. I was told to get eliminated as soon as possible, so that's what I did. I saw my decision as a case of either continuing to take their lack of respect or do something about it. Nobody knows what I went through in terms of disrespect during my time there. But that move wasn't just about me. It was a culmination of all the disrespect I felt all the women and the women's division as a whole 
had received too. I was taking a stand. While a lot of fans watching Raw noticed what I did, nobody from WWE noticed. That just shows how much they didn't care. I went up to John Laurinaitis after and spoke about the Battle Royal. And his reaction towards the match was, yeah, I heard it It was be shit. I was amazed. And then I told him how I eliminated myself and he just laughed. How can the fans take the division seriously if the people working for the company aren't? And that was Gail Kim and the reasoning why she went to DNA. Because she wanted some of that R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means. It means a lot to Miss Gail Kim. And Gail Kim, and I blinked my eye, and she's got two titles. Uh, so I, it's interesting because I, TNA, the, the knockouts are better than the Divas. Uh, Velvet Scott, big talented, thought she uh, she didn't have the belt long enough. Uh, but it is what it is, and I'm sure she'll have a, another match. Uh, you know, hot, hot. Uh, you know, all the, all the uh, knockouts are on the hot side. Some are a little more stripper hot than model hot. But the one thing I like is, is you know, you look at you look at a winter. You look at uh, Mickey James. You look at an Angelina Love. You look at all of them, and some I like, some I don't. But they're, they're differences. They're characters. They're not carbon copies of each other. Uh, you know, WWE kind of is putting out, you know, just just same old, same old. I mean, I know they're trying this pin-up strong thing, but I feel like Beth and, and Natalia lose constantly unless the title's on the line, in which case then Beth Phoenix wins. So they're almost pushing that, yeah, there are people that are, are stepping out of the mold, Beth Phoenix and Natalia, but that's not good because they always lose. So it's not good to step out of the mold. Believe in the mold. Believe in the mold. Don't believe in the antithesis of the mold. Um, so I, the knockouts are better than the Divas right now. The only thing, though, on Impact, the uh, I mean, most of them, you know, you got a lot of them that uh, come down to the ring and, and, you know, dress like hookers. Very, very high-end hookers, mind you. We're not talking about your street walkers, but, you know, kind of, kind of hookers nonetheless. And then all of a sudden they're feeling disrespectful, disrespected because they've decided to have a lingerie match. And I, I get it. The weird thing was, like to me, that would have worked years ago when the WWE was raunchy. Uh, now it was just kind of like, you know, I have to deal with this again. I'm being disrespected like this again. I thought I left this. Um, yeah, I mean, the WWE had a swimsuit competition. They're wearing one pieces. So I, I don't think that they, I don't know if that story like works right now because the WWE has become so benign uh, that if you really want to cover up, if that's if that's your motivation as a female competitor in the world of wrestling to cover up, the WWE would be the place to go. Uh, TNA kind of gives you a little more leeway. Um, you know, I, on, a, on a purely visceral, hey, I'm a guy, and so women wearing less clothes is always a good thing on that level. Yeah, I enjoyed the lingerie bowl. I mean, you know, how could you couldn't? I'm a guy. I'm a guy. A guy who, you know, they're scantily clad women prancing around on my TV screen. So sue me. Yes, I enjoyed it. Um, but I don't know how, you know, when you have a, a a audience, an audience that is predominantly men, and those men like seeing women with less clothes on, I don't know if the face stance should be, I don't want to wear lingerie. I know because it's always in the past 
you know, the 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 heel was the one's cover up, and that's kind of what what Karen Jarrett was doing: cover up, cover up, cover up. And then all the the knockouts hated her because she was saying cover up. Um, then it's like now, now I'm telling you to get more naked, and now the faces are upset that uh, she wants wearing less clothes. So it, it, the storyline is kind of disjointed. Um, I like Karen Angle a lot uh, in her role. Karen Angle, to me, is a, a hotter, much hotter version of Vicky Guerrero, a woman that can just come out and scream at the audience and get a lot of heat. Uh, and she's kind of a heat magnet. Maybe not quite as good as Vicky Guerrero is at it, but she's good at getting heat, and she's pretty good on the mic. Uh, so the knockouts division is definitely superior to what the Divas are doing. Um, but... It's the divas, the women are never going to be enough to to carry a company, which means they got to get on the ball as far as uh, the singles division with with the uh, with the men. Got to get the men. Got to get the men just doing better. Let's get the men's out there. They got it. I mean that that's the thing with with TNA. They they need stronger storylines. Um, yeah, and it's interesting with TNA. I like AJ Styles a lot. I do like him a lot. And the guy is, is a tremendous competitor in the ring. He's good on the mic. I'm not going to go so far as say he's great. He's good on the mic. Uh, but for me, and if you disagree, call me at 347-838-9815. I think his character's a little stale. I, I think there's, there's, yeah, some sort of reinvention, repackaging of AJ Styles is, is in order. You know, I find myself every time coming down to the ring with that stupid hood over his face. I'm like, I really, again. And again, and he comes down, he puts on a match, and at the end of the match, I was like, wow, like that guy's good. But character-wise, I'm not, I'm not as into him right now as, as a character. And maybe this Bobby Roode thing help him, because Bobby Roode is really good as a heel, and he just turned, and he's really heinous, and he's mean, and he's, he's got a curly mullet, and that's, you know, that's evil. It doesn't look like at the end of the match. It doesn't look like Bobby Roode like was take soul glow. Soul glow. Yeah, Eddie Murphy reference. Some of you may have gotten that. Some of you may not have. But I, I think you know. To me, Bobby Roode is awesome, and maybe that will help AJ Styles a bit as far as kind of giving his character a little, a little more oomph, a little more spot, if you will. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of a little bit bored with him. Uh, to me, you know, character-wise, I'd much rather see, you know, James Storm come down to the ring, cut a promo, and have a match. Much rather see that. Uh, and AJ's kind of falling into, into the background a bit. I mean, you know, James Storm is moving up the ranks as far as being, uh, you know, big-time babyface. Um, obviously, Rude, perhaps, is, is the big heel in the company, biggest heel in the company. Uh, you got Angles kind of in the forefront as well. Done. It's not too far away, but you know Jeff Hardy's going to be the number one guy in that company in the not too distant future. Where's AJ Styles kind of fit in all this? Now, where is he? I, I don't know. I don't know where you, you put him. I mean, there's certain guys that are being lost in the shuffle. Uh, at least it, you know, him and, and Samoa Joe, two guys that kind of brought this company up. You know, where where do these guys go? Samoa Joe, another guy, tremendous talent. A guy that size should not be able to move the way Samoa Joe is able to move. Tremendous athlete for his size. Tremendous talent. Cuts a good promo. Again, I'm not going to say he's amazing on the mic. 
but he's not an embarrassment on the mic, John Morrison. Uh, so, I, I where do you go with these guys? Maybe you put them in a program together. Uh, turn Joe heinous heel, but he's another guy. I, you know, I get, I get it with him. You know, it, it's kind of a simplicity thing. The whole thing he sells is, you know, I don't have flashy tights, I don't have flashy outfits. I just come down to the ring and kick grass, and that's that's the whole thing that Samoa Joe does. But everybody. Everybody, 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 every professional wrestler that is is come through and had any long-term success has had to repackage at one point, has had to change it up. And there's too much lately in, in wrestling where they turn guys face heel, face heel, and they turn them, but they don't change up what the character is all about. And and that's what, I, you know, to me is missing in wrestling. You know, you need a guy that, that you know, like... Way back when, with a Shawn Michaels, when he turned on Marty Jannetty. Great turn. You know, and kicks uh, kicks Marty Jannetty through the window in the front of the barbershop. But then when he came out, he, he came out and he was this sexy boy. And, and had the sexy boy music. And he was he was arrogant. And he was, he was wearing the flashy vest. And they just really kind of changed up the character and the look of the character, you know, when he turned. You know, Hulk Hogan, when he went NWO, all of a sudden he had the black beard and was wearing the black and white NWO shirt, different tights. You know, you change up the look. You know, I, I blink sometimes, and these guys change from face to heel, and nothing else changes about them. Just because they're out there saying, guess what, I'm a heel now. You know, you got you to gotta kind of change the whole character, change the whole persona of, of things, you know, tweak things. Uh, one of the most brilliant, you know, were, uh programs as a as a a heel you know get a guy like chris jericho who changed everything up and came to the ring in a suit was doing very soft-spoken promos uh using very esoteric language uh that maybe a lot of wrestling fans didn't understand uh he said things like gelatinous gelatinous how many wrestlers say gelatinous not many set chris jericho apart and some of these guys, I think a guy like like a, a Samoa Joe and an AJ Styles, it's time. It's time to kind of repackage them a bit. Uh, maybe give one of them a, a manager type or something. But just it's time. Even even maybe change their style in the ring a bit. Uh, but something needs to change with those guys because to me they're stale. They're, they're stale. They, they need a kind of a swift kick in the ass to kind of change up what. Uh, they're doing and what they're all about, uh, and I, I don't know, and I don't know if the answer is in. We're we're running into the last half hour of the show, so if you got anything, anything in the world you want to talk about, repackaging of AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, the direction TNA is supposed to go in, uh, WWE, where do you go, John Cena? Write your road to WrestleMania. Um, who wins the Royal Rumble? Even calling about whatever you would like to talk about. We got about a half hour left at 347-838-9815. Again, that's 347-838-9815. Give us a call in. Tell us what you think about anything we've talked about. Um, but, again, you have two tremendous talents Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Two tremendous talents. Guys that, you know, could really make any division you know, and AJ Styles could be an division champ. He could be the the heavyweight champ. He can be the a tag champ. I mean, a guy that 
you could fit him anywhere in the company for a short term. I mean, he's had the heavyweight title, so it's, I know it's always tough to bring someone back uh, to a lesser title, but I think you could do that with AJ. Uh, you know, he fits. He's so good in the ring. You know, he could go into the X division for a little Maybe go in there, give that division a little more uh, cachet, a little more respect in the X division. The X Division's got the makings right now with the, with the uh, crewweight types, the the smaller guys. Um, Austin Aries, tremendous talent. Uh, Kid Cash, also a very good wrestler. Uh, they got some of these these young new guys. They got to do more. You got to give me more as far as building characters. Um, but you know, I it's good. I mean, if AJ Styles went there, uh, you know, I don't know. I just think it's time. They really got to turn these guys. Uh, really, really tweak their characters. Um, you know, a guy like Samoa Joe, or uh, you know, change the tights, man. I mean, the the, the two color tights. You can, I mean, again, I get the simplicity thing. I get what you're trying to tell. But it's it's stale to me. And it's I love Samoa. Joe. I love watching him come down. I love seeing him just kick the ever shit out of his opponent. Uh, but I'm finding the character kind of stale. Kind of, kind of something like, here's what you do. All right, here's what I'm doing with, with him. You change up his look, change up his character. The end. Remember, I said before. Here, see, this is how my brain works. So they have the ending of the Jeff Jeff feud. Okay, an absolute bloodbath, absolute bloodbath. They they kill each other in the ring. Jeff Hardy wins after just he spent everything, everything this man had. Spent it in the ring against Mr. Jeff Jarrett, and as raises his hand in victory, Samoa Joe comes down and beats the ever-loving shit out of him. Just destroys Jeff Hardy, and raises his hands. And the pay-per-view ends with Hardy in a bloody mess in the middle of the ring, with Samoa Joe standing over him. And the next night, Samoa Joe comes out and gives a scathing promo. Uh, about how this this guy who has dropped the ball, who came from another company, came here, ruined a pay-per-view, dropped the ball, and now he's the guy. Well, screw that shit. I'm the guy. And then let's have him run a program for a little while, Samoa Joe and, and Jeff Hardy. Uh, you know, get get Samoa Joe some additional heat. Now let's change it up a bit. Like change up his his look. Like maybe maybe he comes down to the ring wearing a suit, which would be so different for, for Samoa Joe coming down with, with a suit on. Uh, you know, something different, though. And I'm not saying the suit's necessarily the, the answer, but just, just repackage him a bit. Um, you know, maybe give him a singlet kind of tights instead of, uh, you know, subtle differences. But, again, it, it's all psychology. And it's all, you know, and I'm, I'm going to put on my amateur psychologist hat for a while. But what what crowds want to see, when someone they need need differences. It, it registers more. It gives the character more depth. If someone comes down to the ring and they're they're a good guy, let's let's go on basic terms. Let's go. And if anyone's listening for the first time and doesn't know terms in wrestling, bad guy is a heel. Okay, this might be the first time you're listening. I I just saw, you know, hey, this Ken Reedy looks interesting. I'm going to listen to the show. Okay, he keeps saying heel. What's a heel? They're heels running around. What's that mean? Heel is the bad guy. Face, a.k.a. baby face, is the good guy. Okay? So when an audience is looking at 
the bad guy. Well, no, let's go backtrack it a bit. The audience is looking at a good guy, and the good guy is dressed a certain way. Then all of a sudden, the good guy is going to be a bad guy. He should look different. To tweak him a bit. You can't, when, when you're tweaking a character, you can't just tweak what he's saying. You know, go, go to entertainment in, in movies and TV. An actor plays different parts. You know, he's not, he doesn't always have the same outfit on or the same hair or the same facial hair. You know, yeah, let's Samoa Joe, let's grow a goatee, man. Yeah. Like evil Spock. Huh? Huh? Like good Spock, no goatee. Evil face Spock, no goatee. Heel Spock, goatee. There, I, I, you know, when it comes to these things, it, it's all about tweaking the, the character and, and changing on a lot of levels. So the levels register, and then it gives the character a lot more depth. It, it, it shows, like, the person who this individual is is changed to their very core. And that's why, you know, a lot of the heel turns as of late, heel and face turns, have kind of been changed where they just... They're not really character changes. They're just, all right, the same person. Now we're just putting them against different people. You know, it's like a Seamus character. Well, Seamus' character never really changed when they made him face. Just all of a sudden, he was battling heels. Now, all of a sudden, Seamus is a face. They need to get better in both companies with how they turn people. Um, and I don't even know. I mean, I guess Samoa Joe is kind of a heel now. But let's make him a more intense heel. Let's give him a run. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think TNA is ready for it. And to me, Jeff, I I wouldn't trust the guy yet. So Jeff Hardy's on his way to being the number one guy. I don't put him in title picture yet. To me, TNA they're they're idiots if they're going to look to put him in the title picture anytime soon because the guy's dropped the ball. He has dropped the ball repeatedly. You can't do that. But let's continue to build him up, build a slow build. To that point of being the number one guy in the company, a program with Samoa Joe would work. And it would put both guys over a bit more. It would put both guys in a good spot. Quite possibly, it could make Samoa Joe close to the number one heel in the company. So, you know, change it up a bit. Uh, so both those guys, Ace Styles and Samoa Joe, uh, are guys that are Desperate, desperate need of a, of a character change, um, of a tweaking of the character. Two guys with all the talent in the world. Two guys who both very good in the ring and not great, but can cut a good promo. They have to do something with with both those guys. So let me know what you think. If you want to, uh, you know, call in, talk about the AJ or the Samoa Joe or anything in TNA three seven eight three eight. Nine eight one five. Like I said before, I think that we are in in line for it's it's time for that TNA uh, downturn into the the road to WrestleMania. Uh, I think TNA is going to get a little weak because uh, <laughs> that's that's what they do. They uh, you know they talk they go hey we're great we're great we're bound for glory woohoo and shit it's road to WrestleMania we're gonna we're gonna put crap out there for a little while so that's what they do and. I can't stress enough, don't go PG. Don't go PG. Please, for the love of God, TNA, not go PG. So um, that's that's like my TNA report for the day. Uh, give us a call at, at 247-838-9815. The other thing also, if you want to call in, 
since we're coming off of Thanksgiving, and I hope everyone had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving day. And just to let everyone know, I might sound a little hoarse, so thank you so much. I can't tell you how thankful I am that are there are people out there listening and people that have called in. I thank you so much. I can't I can't tell you how appreciative I am of everyone who called and those people who are listening. Um, if my voice sounds a little hoarse today, I apologize. I'm doing my best. But I am a 49er fan, and I have not had much to root for for quite some time. So last night after uh, some turkey, went out to the old uh, local watering hole to watch my team do battle against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, and they lost, and I was screaming at the TV much last night uh, during the game. So I'm a little hoarse today, so I hope it wasn't too bad while you're out there listening in uh, podcast land. Uh, so, yeah, give a call in. Uh, what are you thankful for, especially when it comes to the world of professional wrestling? What are you thankful for? Are you thankful, are you thankful for shows like this? Are you thankful for forums where you can discuss professional wrestling? Uh, are you thankful for Raw? Are you thankful for SmackDown? Are you thankful for TNA? Um, because it's interesting. We talked about, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious what everyone thinks about the world of professional wrestling, because we talked about this a little bit on the um, Survivor Series pregame. But I do think wrestling fans, we are all very thankful that wrestling exists. Because if wrestling didn't exist, well, we might all be out robbing convenience and, and beating people up and committing crime. And, and wrestling really keeps us all off the streets. And I, I thank professional wrestling for I, – I don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm thankful for professional wrestling. I love professional wrestling. In its truest sense, professional wrestling, first of all, it, it's, the, it's a modern-day morality play. And that's what wrestling is. A creative out there in all the companies can, can hear me, listen. It's a morality play. That's wrestling in its purest form. Stop overthinking it. All of you, stop overthinking wrestling, all your companies. Good guy versus bad guy. Black versus white. That's what wrestling is all about. That's what makes wrestling good. Mark Henry is working well because he is an ultimate bad guy. He's not going to get you. There's not going to be a section of people that are going to be cheering him. He's not a likable bad guy. He is a mean mother effer. That's what Mark Henry is, that's what makes him work. That's what works in wrestling. A guy, Bobby Roode right now, that is working because he did it. He had a really dick move on his brother in arms. Dick move, good turn. That That's what works in professional wrestling. Um, what's not working is, you know, these heels that are half and half, and they're kind of half and half to sell merchandise. Uh, but they're treating us like we're dumb. They're treating us like we don't get it. When when Stone Cold was a heel, how much merchandise was he selling? The NWO started, and they were all heels. How much merchandise was being sold? Now, granted, those guys eventually started getting cheers, but you can sell merchandise off a good heel, a good, bona fide, evil heel. And, and it just it, it goes halvesies, and that's... And and John Cena, guys like him, they don't put over heels. And that's the problem. You know, Hulk Hogan, for as benign as, as he could be in the 80s, and that's, and that's part of it, you know, like when people look at John Cena and, and the Pete 
product and everything. In the 80s, it was basically a PG product, except they allowed Hulk Hogan, number one, there was good heel work at the time. When Roddy Piper came out, there was not one part of me as a kid that wanted to be like Roddy Piper. Didn't want to wear a, a dress. Didn't want to wear a stupid Superman T-shirt. You know, there was nothing likable about Roddy Piper. And that's what he really root for Hulk Hogan. And Hulk Hogan didn't respect he didn't give respect to Roddy Piper. He didn't give respect to you know something, brother. You step in the ring with me and all of my Hulkamaniacs. Right? I mean, dude, oh! that's what made those those matches great. Was because you had great heels and then the great face, the great conqueror of evil. When the the old evil was going to take over the world, you had the great hero that would force that attempt. And that's what made wrestling work. That's what made Hulk Hogan work. The other thing that, that John Cena needs to do, because Hulk Hogan was very, very limited in his ability, very limited in his ability in the ring. However, when people speak on in-ring ability, and I've said this on previous shows, in-ring ability should not be looked at like how many flips you can do or how often you can jump off the top rope or how many times you can try and put someone in a small package. Or if you can put a, a cross face on someone really, really quick. That is not what in-ring ability constitutes when it comes to professional wrestling. In-ring ability is the ability to tell a story while in those, in between those, those ropes. When you're in the squared circle, how well can you tell a story? Because that's ultimately, wrestling is all about storytelling. It's telling you a story about good versus evil, and that's what wrestling is all about. And when it's good, it's good stories. It's not, you know, the matches sometimes are a bit secondary, because the matches are a culmination or a facilitation of the story. The story arc is what has to work. If the story, if that wasn't important, like, just watch UFC, watch collegiate wrestling. The storyline is what's important. And, and John Cena should go and take a, a just a huge box of old Hogan matches and watch how Hogan tells a story in the, in the match. Watch how he facilitates a match. Watch how, you know, he sells the other guy. How he, you know, he looks all but dead. How he sells the, the you know, unbeatable foe, so to speak. That's what Hogan was great at. And Hogan was able to tell a story both outside and inside the ring. Right now in wrestling, to me, a lot of times, they forget in the squared circle that you're still telling the story. They they try to tell the story through the promos. They try and tell the stories through vignettes and, and video packages. And mind you, a lot of the video packages, that especially the WWE puts together, are just beautiful. And they really put together good montage. I mean, there have been video packages that I watched on Raw where they, they, they'll show highlights of a match like the night before at a pay-per-view, and I'm sitting there thinking, I don't remember that match being that good. But the, the video package is so good, it kind of makes the match look even better. And if you didn't watch the pay-per-view, the match seems amazing based on the video vignette, or the video package, rather. But they, they forget, like, they, it's Basically, video packages and promos is how they tell the story, and they forget to tell 
are within the ropes. And that's a major, major problem in, in the world of professional wrestling. Um, if you're going to turn heel, man, be a dick. Be a dick in the ring. You know, sell that heel persona. Um, and if you're a face, you know, be the good guy. Uh, you know, a lot of times, like, with, with Cena matches, you know, look, everyone wants to rip on the five-knuckle shuffle, and you're right. It's a shit move. It is a shit move. But is five-knuckle shuffle any shittier than the leg drop or the, the people's elbow? When there's always been moves like that over the course of history in professional wrestling, there are moves that just don't make sense that are, are there for you know the crowd's enjoyment or whatever. But you know it's where it's placed in the match. It, it's the the moment that they do that. It's the moment that Hulk Hogan would deliver that leg drop. It's the moment that the people's elbow would be delivered. You want to see storytelling, and again, Cena should should sit in a film room. Watch Rock Hogan. Watch Rock Hogan at WrestleMania 18. You know, I, I mean, two guys telling a story. I, it doesn't get any better than that. And it was just, I mean, they told the story through promos and, and through vignettes and, and through video packages. But you know what? They told a different story when they got in the ring based on how the crowd was reacting. And they reacted to each other. And it was brilliant. But they told the story. And the storytelling stops a lot of times once they're in the squared circle. Once they get between those ropes, the storytelling is, is kind of stopped. And that's what's missing right now in professional wrestling is, is really, really good storytelling. And, and ultimately, that's what wrestling is all about. You, you want that good story. Uh, going way back even when you know talking about Hulk Hogan, people forget. People remember WrestleMania three. Hogan versus Andre. People forget the story arc leading to that. And Hogan got a, a trophy for, for having the title as long as he had it. And Jesse Ventura, I mean, the commentating right now, I mean, shut the fuck up. All of you. Booker T, Michael Cole, just shut up because you're ruining everything. The commentators facilitated the storyline. Hogan gets a trophy. Jesse the Body Ventura is out there saying, why does he get a trophy and not Andre? And then Andre gets a trophy and Jesse Ventura is like, why is he get, why is his trophy not as big as Hulk Hogan's trophy? And and Jesse did a lot of things to facilitate that storyline to kind of make the audience think about what was going on and think about the quote friendship between Hogan and, and Andre. So Andre eventually, and it, it's happened over weeks, and you got to remember. Years ago, they didn't have the weekly live show. And still, they built the storyline over weeks, slowly, the slow burn, until finally it culminated in Andre turning on Hogan with Bobby Heenan. Oh, my God, the weasel is in Andre's corner. Say it ain't so. Andre, no, why are you here with him, Andre? And then he pulls and the cross is ripped, and oh, you're bleeding, you're bleeding. Oh, it's, oh come on. That's storytelling. That's when wrestling is, is at its finest. That's when wrestling is great. And they've missed the boat a bit as of late. Writing has missed the boat. Don't make the matches secondary. Matches are part of the storyline. The ma Think about it in a movie. Think about a good action movie. Okay, you're not going to have, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone, you know, in a, a gun battle in like hour one 
and, and have the, the, the gun battle be completely disjointed from the rest of the plot. It's one of the battles. You make that you, you weave it into the plot. There are things in said gun battle or car chase or something like that that would would be true to like the characters and true to, to what you're trying to convey in the whole movie. If wrestling and it's amazing because they've gotten away from you would think they, they, they're, they've gotten away from writers like wrestling people and they've gone more in the direction of like TV people and you'd think the TV people would get this but maybe it's because wrestling doesn't garner enough respect in, in the entertainment uh, community that they just think we can just cop out and give a couple of like give a couple promos give a shit match and we're still going to buy it. And that's part of the problem with us because we're all wrestling fans, and you know what? We'd rather bad wrestling than no wrestling at all. And that's what we do, and that's what, you know, we love it, and we love watching it, and we love criticizing it, we love talking about it. And that's what makes, you know, wrestling great. Uh, so, I mean, we are missing that sort of storytelling uh, in professional wrestling. And, and we got to get back to that. we got to get back to telling the, the, the correct stories and, and really you know, having true heels and true faces and, and not being afraid to, to test the waters with, with guys. So, uh, you know, that that's what I... God, boy, did I go off on a 10. That's my little dissertation on what's wrong with the business. The business has got to go uh, more in the direction of selling uh, these, you know, these, these real you know, storylines, but then selling them in the ring, selling the storyline in the ring. And for God's sake, man, don't take all the commentators aside. I mean, it's amazing to me. And I will, I'll give TNA props. I think Taz and Mike Tanay are very good at commentating. Um, and right now, if we're going to talk about anything, that aspect of TNA is completely outclassing the WWE. Booker T is an absolute joke. But, and so is Michael Cole. Uh, Michael Cole, and it's all about, it seems like they just, they're just on, on air to, to facilitate their own agenda. Uh, enough. Call the match. How about that? Call the match. And when the match isn't that good, make it better. That's what JR did. JR could take a shit match, and he'd make you feel like you're watching the main event at WrestleMania. He could turn things around just by his words. Uh, you know, enough of the bickering between announcers – Enough with Michael Cole and his, his Michael Cole challenge talk and enough of that horse shit. It's done. And Booker T, for God's sakes, with your fave five and, and all that other shit, just stop. It's an, it's enough. Really, it's enough. So um, those are things I think need to be changed in the business as well as, you know, so many other things. Um, so look at that. We're, we're in the home stretch here. we got about two minutes left. Uh, so if anyone wants to call in, we could try and squeeze in one last caller. Well, the phone number is 347-838-9815. Again, that number is 347-838-9815. Call today. Um, again, I can't thank everyone enough who, who called in, who's listening today. Um, you know, actually, check us out on the Twitter, the Ken Reedy Show, Twitter, the Ken Reedy Show on, on Facebook. Check us out. I am still in the process of trying to figure out exactly when I should do a, a weekly show. Um, I, I'd like to thank, actually, Busted Open, Sirius XM Wrestling Show. I called Dave LaGreca and, and just said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about kind of taking your time slot. Uh, on, And he gave a blessing and said, yeah, go for it. So check them out. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 
2 to 4 p.m. on Sirius XM. I know it's Sirius uh, 94 because I have Sirius and I don't have XM. So there you go. So check them out, though. Great show, great wrestling talk. Um, and thank you, Dave, uh, for giving me your blessing with the show. But I'm still trying to figure out exactly when I want to go. I want to go weekly uh, with this. So I want to I do it weekly, but I don't know exactly what time I, I should do it. So, you know, give me, a, give me a shout out on the Facebook. Let me know what you think as far as uh, a time to go with it, a time to, uh, you know, do the show, a time that, that you know you'd call in because we want more callers. We'd love to have more callers uh, calling in. Uh, and so let me know what time you'd like to see this, this show on a weekly basis because I'm still feeling it out. Uh, we'll still do more like uh, pre-game type shows. Uh, I'm I will be in Miami for uh, WrestleMania, so I am hoping to do a pre-game or some sort of show while in Miami for WrestleMania. So that is it. So I'd like to thank you all who are there listening today. I am Ken Reedy. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you all for calling in. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.